Hey there, everyone. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to the Multipod. I hope you're doing well. I'll say uh, happy summer to everyone here in the Northern Hemisphere, which is kind of an ironic statement to make ahead of this episode. This is an episode with Katzi in uh, Australia, in Melbourne, where, of course, it's winter. And we're going to chat about that and the differences between experiencing the puttyverse from the Southern Hemisphere and especially in time zones that are complete opposite of Europe and North America in the the chat that you're about to listen to. We did batch record a a few episodes uh, or interviews back a few weeks ago before we get into the summer. And as you may know, you know, this, uh, this show has been around now for a good three years and we often take a bit of a break over the summer because we get quite busy and people are traveling and working hard and stuff like that, which is still the case. But beyond that, just a quick note to say hello, and I hope you guys are doing well and staying healthy. Welcoming all the great new members to the Partyverse. I've seen lots of people uh, popping in over the last little whiles. The the doors continue to open, so the group keeps expanding, and uh, lots of new voices, some of whom for sure will will get on the show. So if you're listening to the Multipod for the first time, then uh, stay tuned because you may just get a message from myself or Vanessa, or maybe Flo, one of our co-hosts, popping into your your Puttyverse inbox one of these days saying, hey, would you like to come on the Multipod and chat a bit about your story, or any topic you like, really? This is our community podcast where we explore the lives and interests of members of the Puttyverse, and occasionally some people from outside the group, too, to give us some different perspectives. It's all about exploring this fascinating theme of multipotentiality, and what makes us all tick. So thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate, as always, the time that you give us. And uh, yeah, we will have another episode or two besides this one here before the end of the summer. So we'll keep things moving, and then we'll pick it up with uh, even more as we get uh, later on into the year. Now, you're about to hear the voice of Katzi, who is originally from Italy, but has lived in Australia for quite a while now. And you'll probably recognize her name, at least, because she's very, very active in the Puttyverse and uh, one of those people that uh, just really kind of took to the group. As she'll say, I mean, once she kind of, you know, found her way around and found her feet, and then she really started to dive in and uh, has been very welcoming and participating in lots of groups. So we thought, well, for sure, we've got to get to know her and some of her story and uh, what makes her tick. And uh, so that's what you're about to find out today. We chat a lot about languages and uh, restarting, perseverance, and um, making a life for herself on the other side of the world once she moved to Australia. We chat a bit about the new foodies group that is developing in the Puttyverse. And as I say, we take some time to look at, you know, the challenges of a global group like this, trying to incorporate all the different time differences, time zones, and um, being as fair as we can to people around the world to that, so that we can all interact together. So she's got a great perspective on that, and uh, you'll hear us chat about that too. So this is episode 81 of the Multipod, a celebration of perseverance and the puttyverse with Katty. Well, welcome back to the Multipod. My name is Ted, and I'll be your host for this episode. And with me is uh, a very special guest who is joining me, in fact, live from Melbourne, Australia. And her name is Katie. How are you doing? Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me today. 
Yeah, it's great to finally have you on the show. You've been chatting for a few weeks about uh, getting this set up. And of course, the time difference is always a challenge, which I'll, one thing I'm sure we'll chat about as a probably a common theme here. You're certainly not the only Australian in the, the puttyverse, but you know, for anyone who is over there, it's a challenge with the time difference and so much stuff happens in North America or, or in Europe. And right now we are, uh, what did we figure? We're 14 hours apart, I think. So we made it. Uh, we managed to make this work. It's late night where I am. It's early morning where you are. But there's ways around it. So, so here we are. And you've been super, super active in the puttyverse for, I mean, at least the last few months, I guess. So I'm sure lots of people listening will be uh, glad to get to know you and a bit more of your story and what brought you to the group. Uh, so you're coming to us live from from Melbourne, Australia. How long have you been there? I've been here for just over 20 years now. Nice. I love Melbourne. It was it may be still my favorite city that I've ever been to. It's just such a wonderful mix of really neat neighborhoods, culture and multiculturalism and beautiful setting of course and when I was there, which you know was just over 10 years ago to the day actually that I was there, at least the first time I was there in 2011 and uh, I really really loved it. I I hung around for a good 3 weeks or so. I went to the to the Grand Prix and I did look for a job. But one thing I found, because I was on like a worker's permit, and I found that not a lot of places would hire like backpackers like temporarily because they knew you're probably going to take off <laughs> after a few weeks. So I didn't find a job in the end. And it was getting into, well, this time of year. So it's the fall where you are. And it's getting a little cool. It wasn't like the hot, sunny Australia that I had pictured, even though I love the city. So in the end, I decided to move on, but I really, really liked it. So what brought you to Melbourne? Have you lived other places in Australia or was it just there? No, no, no. Well, I, well, it's a classic story. I met a guy in Milan hmm. and then um, none of us was pl- planning to get married, but it just happened. And, um, and they brought me back here as a souvenir. <laughs> yeah. So he was from here. And um, so we lived three years around Brisbane, which I adored. Hmm. And then, uh, and then he passed away. Mm. His time was up. Mm-hmm. But I decided to stay because I liked it here, and I didn't want to go back to Europe and start all over again. Mm-hmm. So you know, I thought, what can I recycle and uh, build from instead of starting from scratch? Scratch. Wow! Because hmm. you're from Italy originally, is that right? Yep, I'm, yeah. I grew up in Milan. That's right. Yeah. But I'm half German, half Italian, so you know. Okay. It's, uh, and I mean, generally over the years, have you still gone back for visits and stuff like that? Not really. Because <laughs> <laughs> it takes 24 hours to yeah. get there. Yeah. And then, you know, you are expected to visit everybody. Right. And it becomes a tour de force. So there's no, it's not just a, ho- it's not a holiday. It's just uh, ticking boxes. Yeah, that's so, true. That's a good last point. time I went, it was in incognito, and I spent ten days with my my, my brother, and then I came back home. <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah, that's it. It's like even even if um, people understand that you know you can't see everyone, like it, it's just such an effort to get there, the time, the money, and the expense, and so on. Like I, I I did certainly find that like you really feel for most of us at least North America and Europe that you get to Australia New Zealand it's it does feel like the other side of the world the kind of far corner of the world but once you're there it's just so welcoming it's so friendly and comfortable and so there's lots of things to do and you know the weather's great and all that kind of stuff so did you feel at home pretty quickly once you arrived all those years ago 
oh yeah, I couldn't wait to get out of uh, out of Italy. Mm. You know, being a multipod, you want to expand, explore, and try new things. And I came here without expectations, so yeah. that that probably was a good approach. So I wasn't disappointed. I just went, wow, 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 and. Um, you just look what other people do, you adapt, and um, you have fun. Yeah. The only thing which I haven't got used to, it's how frequently the weather changes within the day and the seasons. I still think that now we're going towards Christmas and, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's April. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if I want to turn right, Oh, my friend says, Cathy, you're right or our right? Because right. I go the other way. <laughs> <laughs> I learned to drive on the left side of the road in Melbourne, renting a car. And that was fun. They have what, they, these, what they're called hook turns in, the, in <laughs> yeah. the city, at least, because of the trams. The trams are fun. It's a neat way to get around. But you have to dodge these trams. So you have to, like, turn across two or three lanes and watch your corner for these trams coming along. <laughs> that, was, that was a fun experience. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> what have you? Uh, so, what have you been up to? I mean, you know, over the years in Melbourne, what kind of stuff do you do for work and just to keep you busy? Well, when uh, when my husband was alive, he was in hospitality, so that's why we travelled to Queensland because he was a manager. Manager, so I just joined him, and we were lucky to travel to beautiful places up in Queensland and, and work. But then, when I had to reinvent myself. I was in my late thirties, so I thought, well, let's do it let's do it in a smart way. And because I was not living in the city but on the peninsula, which is about sixty Ks from the C B D, there's not much going on here. So well, you just look in your backyard and you see which are the skills that give me an edge on the locals. Mm. And I thought, well, I got I'm Italian, I love languages. People travel. So I went to the local community center and I said, look, I'd like to run some Italian classes. And they said, oh, my goodness, you won't believe it. We were just about to place an ad because the previous Mm. guy left yesterday. (laughs) So I thought, oh, great. And I thought, all right, what do I want to present? And I thought, well, if, if I have to address seniors and this is not an academic course, what will be the success formula to get them coming back and learning and invest so much energy and uh, self-discipline? So I drafted this course, which was very practical. There was nothing on the market that uh, fulfilled the the, the needs of of an adult wanting to learn and travel. And I started having fun and that was very well received. And that's been going on for 15 years. Oh, wow. So I've been very, very lucky. Yeah. And people are just lovely. They commit to work. They come week after week. I stress them. <laughs> they make mistakes. They, but they just love it. They just learn from the mistake. They help each other. They, they include everybody. They live outside the room who they are, professional, you know, job-wise. And mm. they, they're just someone who wants to learn. Yeah. There's just, I get so much from them. And the, the element of the language is, it's so small compared to the social networking they create, uh, mm. the community, you know, that they create, the support. It's unbelievable. It's so, so inspiring. 
and I feel so privileged to to facilitate the learning and this energy. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice position to be in. Is it mostly like older ad- adults or kind of all ages? Oh no, they're all sixty plus. Okay. <laughs> And it's amazing to see people in the 70s or 80s starting with nothing hmm. and then conversing. Yeah. Without dictionary, without grammar, just, you know, mm-hmm. off the cuff. And they're, as you say, they're they're basically just doing it for fun, for the joy of learning another language, I guess. Like, do they have, aside from amongst each other, do they have a practical application for learning the language? Yeah, most of them, yes, because they travel. Okay. Uh, so they are in the age group and, uh, you know, the, the baby boomers. So they they work hard, they saved, and now they can enjoy the travel. Yeah. I mean, until last, last year. So right. they travel, they loved it, they surprised themselves, they surprised their partners, you know, how hmm. good they were and the talking and, and understanding the locals. Yeah. And others do that to keep their brain active. You know, to keep Alzheimer's away, and um, yeah, but just for the passion, because some of them are driven by food, some of them are driven by the music, some of them are driven by the history, the architecture. Sure. So there's a lot that they can um, then use that the language, because we not we don't talk about you know the, the grammar just it's a full package. So depending on their interests. I include topics which range from architecture to history to famous people. Yeah, cool. Any tool that allows them to improve the language and talk about something. Mm-hmm. I suppose it helps you to maintain a bit of a connection then, obviously, to your language and your country and your culture too, all these years. Yeah, funny enough you say that because <laughs> um, I used to talk to my father every week and because mm-hmm. I only spoke English here. There was no connection to, to Italian in the area. I started to lose my Italian. Yeah. And that was scary. It's interesting how after 12 months in another country, you start, you know, losing vocabulary. Hmm. And my father used to joke and he used to say, Cut with all the money I spent for your private education, where is your Italian gone? <laughs> and that was another motivation for me to start teaching it mm-hmm. and keep it. Interesting. Yeah. Have you kind of evolved and modified your your course, your training over the years too? Oh, yeah. yeah. Every class, you know, that when you get a, any group of people together, uh, they create a, a very unique dynamic. And by changing even one person in the group, the dynamic changes. On top of that, every day is different. So the energy that they bring in the class is, is different at every lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, so the modules are, are extremely flexible. The content doesn't change. It's the way you, you present it that, you know, mm-hmm. that changes depending on the mood. If they're tired, I take something away and put something lighter in. If, if they're present and the energy levels are high, then, um, then I push a little bit for, you know, push a little bit more. It, it's like driving, you know, you, you push on the accelerator and then you, you, you let it go on. I always tell them that they set the pace because we don't have to complete a certain amount of topics by a certain amount of, you know, within a time frame. So they set the pace. And as long as they have fun, that's fine. How many people do you have at a time? How big is the class? Well, the the things change during the years. I don't have more than six in my class. Okay. Over two hours. 
because yeah. I want, um, even if it's a group, I want to tailor make it and make them feel that it's a one-on-one. So we don't leave anybody behind. And if somebody, you know, is, is sort of um, losing someone, then everybody pitches in and, and brings them back. Sure. Yeah, that's a nice size. Yeah, because sometimes if you change one word for another, then the penny drops. And this it, this is the only rule in my class, ask. Ask, don't leave without questions because um, it's your class. You know, I'm here to, to explain over and over again things. Do you find generally it takes a little while for people to get comfortable and ready and willing to ask those questions and, and basically make the mistakes, but, you know, embrace the process? Usually the first half an hour is enough. Really? Okay. When they come, yeah, they break the <laughs> ice very quickly and then I can't shut them up. <laughs> <laughs> My wife would be very jealous right now. She teaches English to uh, French kids in Quebec here, uh, high school students. <laughs> and they all, they usually just want to get out of there. <laughs> she would love to have a class full of willing students. Um, that's why I didn't go mainstream yeah. because I wouldn't have fitted in. Uh, you know, all the rules. There's too yeah. much admin, too much emphasis on rules. Here the parents are incredibly pushy towards their teachers. So, And they take away what teaching is about. So being a lovely multipod, I thought, no, I'll do it my own way outside the, the system. It's nice you have the freedom to do that, even within, you know, I guess, the school or yeah. the program there you, where you're at. I also uh, support kids that um, get ready for the final exams. Here it's called VC, you know, at the end of the high right. school. Uh, if they want to bring or to take Italian to the, the final exams, I, I usually give them a couple of months of um, tuition to prepare them you know it's it's not so much the knowledge but the flexibility behind the questions i always say to them look you know once the teacher asks your question start answering what they want to hear and then take them where you are comfortable with just by connecting the dots and that's what they did and they all finished with uh, with high high scores which was delightful great yeah, we've been um, chatting a lot about languages here on, on this show the last little while. We had a, a recent episode on Spanish, and we did one about German back at the end of 2020. We'd like to do one on French. We really need to get around to yeah. that soon. But, um, it, of course, there's lots of other languages too. But uh, it's a common theme for sure amongst, you know, multi-potentialites and so on. Uh, a lot of us are interested in languages, and many, of course, are multi-bilingual, multilingual and um, I would imagine for you, it's probably been a very rewarding pursuit then as a multi-potentialite in the fact that you can apply so much variety. Like no two days are probably the same yeah. when you're teaching the class. And the classes change all the time too. But I didn't know I was a multi-potentialite. You see, that's the thing. Right. And, uh, you know, this is no flash news. I mean, for us, most of our years are spent in a parallel universe, you know, you don't want to show off too much because people look at you in a funny yeah. way because you don't, you don't conform yeah. being such a generalist. And the concept of multipotentialite just came six months ago during lockdown when I stumbled across Emil's TED talk. Uh-huh. And then parallel universe just opened and, and everything made sense. So you weren't really aware of the concept, at least until then? No, 
No, yeah. I thought just I was just the, the, the what do you call the ugly duckling. Uh. <laughs> you know, I just didn't yeah. fit in, didn't recognize myself with anybody. The way you know, the way we think, the way we analyze things, the possibility that we see everything is one say an excuse, but an opportunity to, to go deeper, wider, and that scares many. I said, "What are you talking mm-hmm. about? You know, just too crazy and things like that." So you just shut up. Well, was it something that, without knowing the a term like multipotentialite or polymath or something, was it something you recognized in yourself, like, you know, most of your life as a child or anything like that? I didn't understand why people didn't see what I saw. Hmm. Uh, I didn't understand why people didn't think the way I thought. I didn't understand why people couldn't follow my thinking. Teachers, the other kids, even at work, I had, you know, uh, apart from a couple of directors I worked for the others were just occupied with other things and I was a bookworm I you know I I grew up with a foot in two countries Mm. when when people didn't travel I was the only kid with a different with a you know with a German mother in an Italian community Mm. you know so now now things are different and thank God, you know, there is so much multiculturalism around. There's so many, uh, you see it in um, in clothing, in brands, in uh, cultures, in religions, in food. People have started to accept diversity uh, in a more relaxed way. Yeah. People travel. Yeah, for sure. It helps being in places like Melbourne or over here, Toronto, and places that really uh, embrace multiculturalism and have the kind of communities that really represent that. And and anyone can see it just walking down the street. There's obviously people from all around the world and the communities and the stores and the shops and uh, food and everything that Mm -hmm. goes with it. So we're really, we're lucky. We're very fortunate to be exposed to it in, in cities like ours. Yeah. So this is all a fairly recent thing then for you, like, you know, discovering, well, Emily and the, the concept and then this this uh, community. So it's been less than a year, a few months since you've joined. And what's it been like since you joined? I mean, I know you've been very active. You've met lots of people. Like, did you want to dive right into it? Well, you try to, I know that we're all different and there are many multipods who just like to read and and have that link to the community without showing up. Mm. But, you know, being Italian, I'm so enthusiastic and, <laughs> and uh, passionate that, uh, and there was, it was like being in a candy store, <laughs> yeah. you know, I said to, to I think that's, I wrote it in one of my threads, I feel like being Disneyland. I discovered Disneyland, a place to have fun and learn. Mm. There's so many people. There's so much, and everybody's so interesting, and everybody's got such a wow aspect about themselves. And when you participate to huddles, you know people come up with things. You go, wow, I would have never thought about that. Mm, okay, <laughs> it's intriguing. It's um, it's fun. It's fun. I'm so thrilled and happy. I finally found somebody who speaks my language. I found somebody I can learn from. I find somebody that um, I can help, you mm-hmm. know, with my little experience. I found that um, people went, thank you. I didn't, you know, thank you for listening. Thank you for seeing things from your perspective and things like that. So yep. it's been very, very, it's been a, a joy. Yeah. Are there any particular groups Within the Partyverse, you've been more involved in or participating in? 
oh, we've just launched the foodies group. Foodies with um, yeah, with Lisa and Ryan. Okay. We got together and um, we brought three different visions of the group, and they they give a picture which is fabulous. So Ryan wanted to to create a cookbook for the Partyverse oh, yeah, and cool. some Zoom demonstrations of uh, dishes. We thought about adding for every dish like an emotional connection. You know, it could be family, cultural, religious, from your travels. And Lisa came up with the, with the idea of offering for every month maybe two sets of um, two three ingredients to keep it on within within a theme. So we're just about to get the first month going. Okay. Mm. Do you see then it's something that would happen? kind of equally with video and huddles and text space so people can do. Yeah. 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 Let's see. Let's see what the response will be from, uh, from the, uh, you know, from the verse, yeah. but these are, these are the, um, the three channels that we would like to express it. Sure. Oh, it'd be pretty neat if you guys can publish like a little a mini cookbook or something like that, you know, it doesn't have to yeah. be big, but uh, <laughs> do you know what kind of stuff you might uh, present to come up with? What kind of food? Well, the other aspect that we wanted to include was something with, which is the educational aspect hmm. because many of us, you know, can't eat everything. So if, uh, for example, somebody offers a dish with, uh, I don't know, an element that I can't tolerate, I might suggest a variation to make it friendly for people who have certain intolerances. So, um, again, you know, we want to be inclusive. We want to, to open it up to everybody. And you don't need to be an expert in cooking to be part of the group. You might just want to be passionate about food or curious. Mm-hmm. There's no, no boundaries, no selections. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Bit of variety for sure. Yeah. Have you participated in a puttython yet? That was the one that we just finished. There was one yes. recently, yeah, in uh, in April, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yes, I did in a very a very short interval. Yeah, because of the time difference, but it it fell onto uh, on a Sunday for me, which was a great incentive to be more productive than usual, mm-hmm. and I did accomplish a lot. Hmm. It's another great uh, initiative. Hmm. Yeah, it's always very popular. They, they do it at least a couple times a year, and they, you know. The the biggest thing is really just giving yourself the permission to take that time for yourself and to accomplish things. It could be anything. It could be just reading a book or, you know, doing some writing or people have said, oh, I need to clean my house, uh, paint something. And, or of course, you know, it could be very creative and taking something that's really big off your list. It could be anything, but it's just giving yourself that kind of time and permission. Right. That's, that's the nice theme of it all. And um, I'll be I'll be lucky enough to to run two ketchup huddles for the SMA, hmm. which will be more southern hemisphere friendly. Yeah, well, I really do want to ask you about this because I mean, I, it is what it is. It's the time difference. It's the other side of the world. We're, it's incredible, really. Of course, that we're you and I are, are sitting here talking to each other, <laughs> given how far apart we are. But I have to wonder, like, well, for one thing, have you? maybe connected with or or more with people in clearly your part of the world, similar time zone in the Puttyverse? No, actually no. Okay. There is, uh, so far, it's very quiet here. Mm. 
I liaise a lot more with uh, people from from uh, North America, a few from uh, South America and Europe. Oh yeah, and then I also wrote to thrive in uh, South Africa. No, here it's it's quiet. Hmm. We never know. Well, you know. Well, there are a few Australians. I mean, I don't know how active everybody is, but there certainly are a few people in Australia, and even if they're in Perth, they're not that far away, I suppose, in terms of time. But like, I mean, as I say, it is what it is. But like, it's 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 such a challenge. I feel to really integrate people from all around the world as as best you can. Do you find that it's an obstacle in terms of time difference and participating in things? I found it feasible during my summer time, mm, okay. which was your standard. And I felt more penalized now that the time has changed mm. because most of the things happen at two or three o'clock in the morning, yeah, which yeah. is a challenge for me. Well, yeah. But, you know, that could be also an opportunity to start something from here. Yeah, that's just it. I mean, hmm. If anything, I think this has been done. I'm pretty sure there have been some Australian, at least time zone, maybe time with Japan a bit, places like that, uh, events that are made for that time. So that, of course, it's going to be right. two or in the morning, let's say over here in North America or in Europe. So, you know, the shoe is on the other foot. And hey, I can get up in the middle of the night if I want to. But, you know, it's respecting the people that live in the in the other side of the world. So you don't always have to feel that you're squeezed out. And maybe... I suppose, promoting that concept more that um, uh, we don't want to have kind of two disparate groups, but just to make it as welcoming as possible for people in similar time zones. It would be handy. Look, I do appreciate it. And uh, yeah. uh, and we are, we've been working about around that. However, you won't be able to, that, to do that all the time. Yeah. So sometimes we'll be able to find a time frame where we can gather, but there is always a part will be penalized. I've been experimenting with the focus parties. Hmm. So I have a focus party on in one of my mornings, which is 79 in the morning, which is about two o'clock in the afternoon for some parts of the States yeah. and very late in Europe. So... Until a couple of months ago, it was from 9 to 11 in Europe. Now it's 10 to 12 at right. night. So I'm trying, I'm thinking about setting up another focus party my evening, which would be friendly both for Europe and the States. It's, a, it's an opportunity to trial. Yeah. See, the other thing is that I don't think it's correct, it's fair for me to push to be able to participate in a huddle or an event, putting off many other people. Mm. Uh, it will be it will become a give and take. Yeah. And then when it's not possible, we could have I could liaise with the facilitator of the, the huddle or the, the Zoom meeting mm -hmm. and create a section down here. And then we can convene with a thread or with another Zoom meeting to see and, and keep on the same track. Oh, yeah, that's an idea. There's so many possibilities. We just have to, to experiment a little and see if we can uh, maximize the benefits and minimize yeah. the drawbacks. Yeah, that's, that's, that's nice. I think you can combine the two times into one kind of common thread. We're very lucky to have the forum in that sense and that yeah. you know people kind of drop in when, whenever they can. Yeah. So, yeah, well, that, that's the potential. 
So, for example, I don't know if you've noticed, but um, Sonia from Portugal, mm-hmm. she she belongs to the coaches group, right? And she's always so lovely because when there is a coaches Zoom meeting, which is North America friendly, and she can take part into that, she has another one running, which is friendly for us. So there are many people who are aware of the challenges and they're stepping up. Yeah, okay. So that's why it's such a, it's, it's so lovely to see that there is this, this respect towards the other in the bodyverse. And there is mm-hmm. this thoughtfulness about let's not leave people behind all the time. You know, uh, let's see what the other's needs are and let's see if we can fulfill them. Mm-hmm. So this is lovely. Yeah, it reflects. Uh, it really reflects the community. It's 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 a wonderful place, and there's uh, so many interesting, fascinating people from all around, all around mm-hmm. the world. So, a big part of this show here, this podcast, is uh, is getting to know them and and hearing their story. Yeah, yeah, it's been really nice to get to know you. And I mean, we see you around in the forum, of course, all the time, and and the huddles, etc. So, no, thank you so much for the opportunity, and it was a lovely chat. Thank you. Yeah, really great to hear your voice and get to know some of your story. And I can I can only think of you over there in Melbourne. And do you, well, are you a coffee fan? Yeah, I'm a coffee fan, yes. Oh, yeah. I love those Melbourne coffees, getting a nice, fresh, flat white. And, <laughs> <laughs> and the little alleyways in the CBD. I, I finally remember that. Like this one. <laughs> there. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful place. All right. Well, we'll keep in touch. And uh, thanks for coming on the show. And thank you for having me, Ted. Looking forward to next time. Cheers. Ciao.